Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Ultra Hope Girls, a Danganronpa podcast. Today, we are honored to have a special guest here today. Sean Chiplock is in the house, uh, the voice of Kiyotaka Ishimaru. And uh, we've got some great questions and we're ready to get going. Just a heads up for you guys. This episode will spoil the entirety of Trigger Happy Havoc. Um, so if you have not played through the game, um, just wait to listen to this interview until you have. Uh, but let's get going. I'm Maddie. I'm Marin. I'm Caroline. And I'm Kiyotaka Ishimaru, the ultimate moral compass. And we're the Ultra Hope Girls. One. Two. Welcome to the Danganronpa podcast. You're on the threshold of an amazing episode. Showtime. Oh man, every time that happens with a guest interview, we all like have a fangirl moment. <laughs> so we're just like, and then we're done. And then we're <laughs> yeah, no, we're we're good. <laughs> all right. Um, let's get going with our first question. Um right. for Sean Chiplock. Thank you for being here, also. <laughs> of course. Thank you for making the time for me. Yeah. Okay. So how did you first get into the voice acting scene? Okay, uh, so do you want the long answer or the short answer? Which okay, I'll give you I'll give you the TLDR and then expound expound on that a bit. Uh, a bit. So what I owe to the voice acting industry is Full Metal Alchemist, uh, Insomnia, and Neopets dailies. <laughs> <laughs> Neopets. Um, yes, yes, and and shout outs to my loop who's probably been starving to death for five years straight at this point. But it's okay. I've got money in the bank, buddy. You just need to learn how to have opposable thumbs. Um, but so I I was a huge addict to Neopets back in the day, back in high school. It was either Neopets or Maple Story, and usually what would happen is uh, I, once I got home from school, once I was done with work for the day, I would be playing Maple Story for hours on end until around three o'clock in the morning because three o'clock in the morning was when neopets reset for the day when you were in the midwest and uh shout outs to neopetsdailies.com thank you for organizing everything in this easy to click format of what i need to do to slowly build up my bank account so around three in the morning until i got too tired to continue i would go over to neopets and do the daily reset and i'd start doing all the daily stuff that had refreshed uh and this was also during the era of a little known program. Some of you might've heard of it. It was called like Toonami or something like that. Um, and uh, usually around that time, I think around the midnight 3 a.m. block is when they would air and then re-air that evening's episode of Full Metal Alchemist. The OG Full Metal Alchemist, mind you. Not Brotherhood. We're talking about Dante and like side stories and like Edward having to actually develop as a character. It was good stuff. Um so during one of those evenings, I'm playing on Neopets, and uh, do you guys you guys watch Toonami Adult Swim, right? Um, I know Adult Swim. Um, okay. Yeah. So there was this series of commercials back when they were advertising their website. They had this annoying as hell, neon pastel color gremlin going, AdultSwim.com! It's a great website! You'll enjoy yourself! We got games! And shows adultsmith.com. Like literally, that's all he did. And they aired this at least four or five times an hour. So I was getting really fed up with hearing this stupid little gremlin <laughs> multiple times. Now, now, 
what if you if there's something that you have to listen to over and over again and it's starting to annoy you what would you do what would a normal person do if they didn't want to listen to that anymore like turn it off exactly and you know what i did not that i went to the website because adultswim.com they said they had games and shows what was i supposed to do not go so i go and i'm and i'm i play a couple of the mini games and uh they had this little neat little scene it said hey check out this preview clip of an upcoming episode of trinity blood which is great. It's like if Robert Pattinson as a vampire uh, wanted to Highlander all the other vampires and absorb their powers. It's amazing. Um, and so this behind the scenes video, now are all of us here old enough to remember MTV behind the music video? Yes. yes. Oh, good. All right. <laughs> Considering my birthday was two days ago, I don't, or uh, yes, it was two days ago. I don't feel ancient anymore. Happy well, birthday. Happy no, little no, birthday. No, I can't say I'm in my 20s anymore. Shh. Shut up. <laughs> um, um, it had little factoid bubbles pop up during the video, and one of them was a hyperlink to a behind-the-scenes video of the recording process for Trinity Blood. And I click on it, and it shows, I know this is how you know we're talking ancient times. It showed Troy Baker in the studio to record for an anime because he was the voice of the lead character. And it was, it was pretty much the same as what you'd expect from a session today. It was the director was talking to him. He said, okay, you know, for this next one, you know, here's what the character's doing. Let's preview it. Okay, let's go ahead and record it. Boop, boop, boop. And then him recording the lines. And that was the first time that I had seen a human being opening their, their flapper at the same time that a character on a screen was opening their flapper. And the voice coming out of the person was also the voice coming out of the what? what and that's that's how i discovered what voiceover was and it was just one of those moments where it happened and the light went off in my head that was like that's what this is and i i i didn't even fully understand what it was but i knew that i wanted to be a part of it so thank you neopets for the crippling addiction to late to, to staying up late thank you maple story for giving me reasons to put off doing my homework until 6.15 in the morning on a school day when school began at 8.40 a.m. Um, and thank you, annoying as hell, neon pastel Adult Swim website advertisement character for allowing me to jump into a career that has led to some pretty cool stuff. From now on, when someone is starting to royally annoy me by repeating the same thing 12 times, or when they start royally annoying me by repeating the same thing 12 times, or if they repeat the same thing 12 times and it starts really getting on my nerves, I'm going to tell myself not to get upset, especially if they repeat the same thing 12 times, because who knows? It could lead to a job. <laughs> Love that story. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mic drop. That's so good. Um, what were some of your first roles um, in the, the business? The very, the very first role that I remember that was paid Oh man, they're both mobile games, but you have to, oh goodness. So, um, how do I describe this? So the first, the most basic one was, it was this Halloween kids app on your phone where I, I played this funny skeleton and you poke him and he tells horrible, horrible jokes. Like <laughs> they were so bad. I have to think of one that was like on the level that this character was, um, it was like, it was like, <laughs> I don't even know if I'm like still young enough to do this, the skeleton voice. Um, okay. It was, why was the birch tree full of confidence? Because if he can, he would. 
Right. It was it was terrible. I I can't like I I hope that you felt like a half of the pain that I felt saying those jokes, and then I had to laugh after each one of them. So I had to be like, because if he can, he would. <laughs> and the Joker's off in the corner, going, "I may be crazy, but this 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 mofo's a lunatic." Like, holy crap. <laughs> Uh, probably my favorite my favorite that involved an entire set of retakes was there was a client that wanted well-known characters to do uh phone charging statements so it, it was your typical we're looking for celebrity impressionists you know um if you wanted to have randy savage you know say oh your phone is low on battery or uh, you know, one of my personal favorites is Kermit the Frog saying, Hey, your phone, it's about to die. You should plug it in so we can charge. Oh, all right, cool. Um, and, and so I did a bunch of these character celebrity impressions. And I was just doing them, doing them, doing them. And the client was always going, Can you do any more? Can you do any more? Can you do any more? Like, in retrospect, now I understand it was just this giant repository of, of we're going to sell our app by having famous characters voice it. So it didn't matter how similar they actually sounded as long as it's kind of close. The client kept going, do you have any more? Do you have any more? Do you have any more? And I ran out of celebrity impressions. And I went, uh... Well, I can do some other voices. And they went, what do you mean? And I went, there's this very well-known franchise that has a lot of cute monsters. And they they make noises, you know, like, you know, like, you know, down here. Um, and I said, I can, I can impersonate those characters because I'm a really big fan of that franchise. I can see that one of you is thinking, uh, uh, Caroline. Caroline's like, I think I know what he's talking about. It, it's as obvious as you think it is. I'm just trying to keep it vague. Um, and they said, okay, throw it to us. So I did a bunch of these. Um, and, and there were usually like four phrases. There was phone is low on battery, uh, now charging, charging completed and like one last one that I that I forget so I did each of the lines in the voice of that that monster creature like what you'd expect to hear from from the show so like if in the show you heard it as then it would be something around there so I send them all off to the client the client goes these are very interesting however we need them to say the phrases. They have to say the words phone charging, phone is low on battery, charging completed. And if you've already caught on at this point to what I've explained, these monster creatures are not known for saying anything besides their own name. (laughs) So I did it. I got paid for it, but uh, I did impersonations of monster creatures where the only similarity was doing the voices that they originally did. So I want you to imagine some poor child who goes to, to use his phone and it falls to 5%. All of a sudden you hear, phone is low on battery. Plug in the charge. Charging completed. <laughs> oh my God, that's so good. That's so funny. <laughs> Digimon, digital monsters, Digimon's now less scary. <laughs> That is the best thing I've ever heard. Sorry, I'm like, hey, you know what? You know what? I graduated college without any debt, and I can thank jobs like that for making it possible. Yes. Nice. Bless up. That is an achievement. Phone charging, loan non existent. We, another question for you that we had is what was the most 
challenging or one of the most challenging roles you've had to voice act for? You know what? The best part about this is you can now watch it completely for free. And I talked about this on my, uh, I do Twitch streaming five days a week, uh, Thursday through Monday. So today was actually one of my off days. Hooray. You ruined that for me, you jerks. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and I talked about this on the, on the stream that I did on Sunday. Uh, ReZero was, was the physically most demanding. There's a difference between physically and emotionally. Physically, it was uh, Subaru Natsuki and ReZero because, my God, that boy screams a lot. Um, and the best part is, uh, it, I, I wouldn't understand the logistics behind it, but you can watch the entire series, both in sub and dub, on Crunchyroll right now for free. Because during that stream, I was like, hey, I want to see if I can find some of the clips that I was most proud of. And I went on to Crunchyroll, and I, I didn't log in, I didn't have an account, and I was able to look up all three of the clips from three different episodes. So I'm pretty sure you can go on Crunchyroll at your own leisure and watch the entire series. But that was physically demanding for me because there was all kinds of screaming involved. I mean, when, when your arm gets literally knocked off of your body by a spiked, uh, uh, spiked ball mace, you're going to have to scream and pain a little bit. Um, there's, there's one scene where he breaks down crying in the lap of another character. And I don't know if you know this, but the body really doesn't like crying because crying is an excess of emotion, whether it's happiness or sadness or anger or uh, having to make phone charging messages as characters that don't normally speak English. Um, and, and so crying is the body's way of trying to return to homeostasis. You get out of the emotion, you go back to normal, you're okay. So when you have to continuously keep yourself crying in order to sound authentic for a scene where your character is crying, the actual scene's only about two minutes long, but you're in the studio for 35 minutes forcing yourself to keep crying. When you're finally done, your body's like, I, I need a moment. I'm kind of exhausted right now. Um, I didn't ask for this to happen. You did. Um, and I remember when I came home from that session, I literally, you weren't, were you home at that point, hun? Or were you still, my, my wife's just chilling in a nearby room. Um, but I, I came home, I was done recording for the day. It was 1.37 in the afternoon. And I went straight over to my bedroom, laid down. And the next time I opened my eyes, it was 9.45. <laughs> in the evening, in the evening, mind you. My sleep schedule was royally screwed. Um, so, so ReZero is, is a role that was incredibly physically taxing. Also the only time that the director in charge of casting took me aside and said, we want to make sure you are aware of how physically demanding this will be on your vocal cords, uh, and that you're prepared for this before we will cast you. Cause we don't want the actor going into this blind. And I knew because I had been in Japan with a friend of mine back in 2016. So we knew all about how big ReZero was. We, we watched it while we were in Japan. Uh, and I watched it a second time all the way through back when they initially said, we'd like to cast you for, for Subaru Natsuki. So I knew and I was excited and I was ready, but it was, that still didn't stop it from being physically demanding. Um, I won't be as long in the second half, but emotionally demanding was Rivali from Breath of the Wild because I instantly fell in love with the character. I loved his design. Um, Rivali was the character that I had wanted to be cast as, but he was not the first one that I was cast as. He was actually the second of, of three. Uh, Teba came last. But if I hadn't booked 
Dickutry, which ironically I consider to be the weakest of the three performances. And I'm not saying that to be like self-deprecating. I'm saying out of all three of the characters, there's going to be some that were stronger than others. Dickutry, I'd probably say was the weakest. But if I hadn't booked him, I probably wouldn't have been around in the studio to get offered either of the birds. So when I voiced Rivali, I, I had a very solid characterization in mind, which fell in line with his Japanese counterpart, but that's not the direction the American team wanted to go with him. Mm. And now that I now that we have the DLC, I completely understand why, but I didn't back then. So I really struggled with making those adjustments, and I was terrified that I was going to end up being recast as the character if I wasn't hitting what they were asking me to switch over to. So I ended up crying to my voice actor mentor uh, during the first break that we had on the first session because I was so... I was the first half was so worried that I was going to lose my chance to voice the role. And the other half that was trying to stay professional was also paranoid because I loved this character to death. And it was one of those, no one can voice this character. No one, no one cares about this character as much as I do moments. And it was like, if you care about him so much, then stop screwing up. And it was just constant, constant mental barrage, but I survived and I didn't suck apparently. So good job me. You definitely did not suck. I love your performance in that game so much. Um, so our next question actually is about ReZero. Um, we there were you go. Wondering, yeah, I mean, you have a huge fan base. Um, even just from that role, it's incredible, um, your job in that. Um, and we were wondering what the audition process was like for ReZero. Um, so this will seem a little anticlimactic because it's really a very similar process no matter what you do. Uh, but with anime, gen- generally what happens is you will get uh, audition sides for the characters that the casting director believes you may be a good fit for. Um, sometimes it will just, it, it could be a combination of two, but there's usually at least one of these two. And, and the one is guaranteed. Uh, you'll get character sides, which have audition lines. And usually it'll tell you like, this is from episode blank. This is from episode whatever. Um, Sometimes the audition lines will have a character image. Sometimes they won't. And then most studios will generally try to provide you with uh, uh, video downloads of the clips that the audition lines are coming from. So that you can get a feel for the atmosphere. You can get a feel for who the character is talking to, what the emotional context is. Um, because a big difference between anime and video games, per se, is that anime, you are locked in to whatever is happening on screen at the moment. Um, you got to match the character's expression. You have to match the timing of the lip flaps. Like you can't talk if their lips aren't open. You can only be talking when their lips are going. Um, so it's very important not only to have a voice that the client feels can fit the character, but to show that you are capable of, of matching the tonal uh, situation and the emotional intensity as well. They usually won't rag on you for not fitting the lip flaps uh, in, in sync for the audition, but uh, it is still an important skill to have. Um, so that's that's basically what happens with most anime. That's what happened with Three Zero, where <coughs> I coughed and then died. Um, <laughs> uh, where I was given the audition sides for Subaru. I think it was Subaru and Reinhardt were the two characters that I got sides for. Um, uh, and it's funny because it's kind of reminiscent of when I got audition sides for Sword Art Online because I I only got two characters then. I got auditions for Kirito and Diabelle, so the main character and the supportive sidekick. Um, except this time, I actually got the lead character instead of the supportive Ooh. sidekick. So that's so awesome. <laughs> 
We were also kind of just curious, like, um, whether it's online or in person, like, what have been some memorable, like, fan experiences for you? For just in Anything. general or in time yeah. to zero? Um, I, if I had to list a top three, probably one of the top, in no particular order, one of them is always when I get someone who I've been talking to for a while, like someone who's a friend on the Discord server for my Twitch streams, or just folks that I've interacted with intermittently throughout the years. And then they have that moment of realization where they go, wait, I was replaying this game the other day, and that's you? And I get to go, yes. This <laughs> is <laughs> me. Um... I've had it happen with zero or nine hours, nine persons, nine doors. Uh, it hasn't happened with modern games like Breath of the Wild, but uh, I'm trying to think of a recent example that happened. Um, oh, this is me being ancient and having to think all the way back. Uh, oh, oh, there was an old Flash animation on Newgrounds, if you guys remember Newgrounds, called Left for Speed 2. It was a parody animation about Left for Dead 2. Um, and I was asked to voice one of the characters on the team. So we're talking about a flash animation from like 2006, 2007, ancient, ancient stuff. And someone yesterday went, I didn't realize that Sean Chiplock was the voice of so-and-so in Left for Speed 2. What the hell? I watched that animation so many times when I was growing up. What is going on? Um, so that's always fun when that gets to happen. Um, just in general, I think it's, I have always been one of those people that has tried to kind of try and break down the barrier between performers and fan bases. Like, I understand it's important to, uh, to, to, to make sure you give yourself some distance if there's, you know, a fan that's being a little clingy or if there's someone who's being inappropriate. I get all that. But I, I, try to remind people that I'm just a human being, dude. I just happen to be doing a career that's more public than most. And I didn't choose for it to become more public. It, it just became that way. And, and, you know, I wish this was still a career where your looks didn't matter as much as your voice, but I'm going to be honest with you. It's, there's a lot of celebrity casting going on. Um, and sometimes it is about looks. There are studios that tr tend to try to cast based on how close the actor looks to their character as well as how well the voice fits. Mm -hmm. um, so it's becoming more public and more social and it's not necessarily because the actors want it to be that way. Um, so I do my best to remind people that I'm just working within the confines of my career, but just because my job is more well known than yours might be does not automatically make me more important than you are. I guarantee you, we would be, uh, we would still manage a lot better without anime dubs in the world versus the the garbage, you know, waste management system coming by and taking our litter every week. You let that pile up for a month or two, I guarantee you, you'll start having worse effects than if you can't get access to My Hero Academia season four. I'm sorry, honey. I love you. Please don't hate me. She's very serious about her My Hero Academia dub access. <laughs> I love my hero academia. <laughs> so so I just genuinely enjoy anytime I get to interact with the people who make my career possible because this may come as a surprise to you, but if companies thought that they could make the same amount of money on their project without giving it an English dub, they wouldn't do an English dub. <laughs> Mike dropped. That's so <laughs> good. 
So oh, it's you be- played. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. You played Santa in nine nine nine, right? I did. I love those games. I'm trying to get Caroline and Maddie to play them. I'm sorry. I'm just, it's another fan. I, I feel like the puzzles would piss me off. Like I, I, it's, I, I know that I would enjoy that game, but after 15 minutes of skirting around the room, looking for that next piece of the puzzle I'm supposed to do, I, n- no. Nine persons, nine hours, nine doors, nine hours in solitary confinement after I scream bloody murder and concern the neighbors until they call the cops on me. 900 (laughs) hours, nine persons, nine doors. 900 hours, uh, nine nine people involved in the divorce settlement. Oh my god. We've also had the experience, so we've interviewed a couple people up to this point, and it's, we've had the experience where we'll text each other, and I'll be playing Fire Emblem or something, and I'll be like, mm-hmm. wait, guys, <laughs> right? Is, you know, like, Dot, or this is, you know, Kira Buckland or whatever. It's oh. wild, yeah. Nice. Yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> I was also wondering, I just like to ask, like, besides, like, working, like, what have you been up to in quarantine? What are you catching up on? Oh, my God. Oh my God! Yeah, uh, it's it's hard to remember that there's quarantine going on in my case because I've had so little time to myself in the last couple of months. Now, okay, the first month was Animal Crossing long play. Yes. Oh my God! Three hundred hours. <laughs> oh. My, okay, I got so upset because I have owned smash ultimate since the day it came out i have gone to tournaments and had it on for eight hours at a time i have played online smash wi-fi every time i'm bored and in a month i logged more hours on animal crossing than i have logged on smash ultimate in three years oh my god so for that first month it was it was pretty laid back um my wife was immediately able to work remotely from home so she still had her job and I, I just had nothing to do. And so I, I played Animal Crossing nonstop. But then when clients realized that, um, uh, oh, well, towards the end of that month, I was like, I can't do this all day, every day. I'm going to get really bored. Um, and I knew that this was going to happen because the last time that I had nothing going on for an extended period of time, and that was just because I wasn't booking any new studio gigs, I got hired at Disneyland California Adventure as a member of Turtle Talk. Um, that fun, for, fun fact about that, that lasted exactly 92 days because in the middle of me being trained for my job is when I booked Subaru Natsuki in ReZero. Um, and there was no way vocally that I could make uh, room for both of those and not completely destroy my throat uh, or and make time for my wife. So I had to make a choice. And I went, I'm going to go with the career that's already established versus the job that I just got. So I got off my 90 day probationary period and I immediately turned in my two weeks. Oh, Carol, Caroline, did you want to say something? I have to say that Turtle Talk, you, you were at Crush, right? Were you Crush? I, I was Talk? friends with Crush, yes. You were friends with Crush. I cannot, like, sorry, my dad and I, like, when I was a senior in high school, went to that for the first time and we were obsessed. So that just brings me joy. I want to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, it was a very, it was very cool getting to work with crush, but also very demanding at times. So uh, where was I going with that? Uh, oh, time to myself. So 
around the end of that first month, I was like, I, I want to give back to people. And there was, for a couple of years now, I had been saying, I want to get into Twitch streaming. Not, not to become like an, uh, an entertainment personality, but because there were so many times when I was playing games, I was like, I really wish I could share this moment with other people and see what their reactions would be. Or especially when it comes to games like Etrian Odyssey or Demon Gaze, games that I'm a really big fan of, I like showing off the team that I've put together and how efficient it is. Now, the two big excuses that have been keeping me from doing it were, I don't know if I have enough time, and I don't know if I have enough space. Well, one of those just got thrown out the frickin' window. No, no valid excuse anymore. I don't know if I have the time now that I'm sitting around here playing Animal Crossing for 14 hours a day, <laughs> six days a week. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe I can fit it in. I don't know. So it just became a matter of, of getting the equipment. And I talked to people that I had developed relationships with um, and who were also streamers, you know, seeing what kind of stuff do you use? What kind of space does this require? It turned out it wasn't as space intensive as I thought, although the living room is now a mess and that's all my fault. I'm sorry, honey. Um, so I, I got into streaming and I started my, up my, my Twitch channel, which has now been about three months strong so far. Awesome. Uh, the problem is, about a week, maybe two weeks after I got into the thick of streaming, around then is when the client, uh, the extension happened with uh, the isolation measure. They're like, okay, one month is not enough. We need three more. And clients were like, okay, well, our, our, our clients are not willing to wait any longer because we got, we got stuff to do. So they started reaching out, asking our availability and also asking for home studio specs. Here's the thing. The large majority of actors, and, and I know I generally try to avoid speaking for others, but I'm confident in saying the large majority of actors have home studio setups that more or less are perfectly fine for auditioning. Because if you book the gig, you're going to go into an official studio to record, and it's going to be to their specs. So it's fine for auditioning. It's not professional grade, and, and studios understand that, and they're okay with that. But most of those studios are not broadcast quality. <laughs> Now, they needed broadcast quality. They needed something that engineers could work with, and that meant no background noise, no computer hum, no awful reverb coming in. So a lot of them started asking, what's your home studio like? And a lot of them ended up following up with, that's not good enough. We need changes. So for about a month and a half straight, I was in that studio room, like, Sending samples to clients and being told, here's what's wrong with it now. Here's what still needs to be updated. Is there anything you can do to remove this? And I must have spent a couple thousand dollars. I want to say between like 1500 to 2500 total on a new mic, new headphones, about $750 worth of acoustic foam and mounting boards and, and acoustic adhesive spray that I was using to mount them and then glue them, well, not glue them to the walls, but I had to buy the, the mounting strips that are, you can, that are easy to pull down later because I wasn't allowed to damage my walls. I couldn't professionally install them. So there's about $750 worth of acoustic foam and another $400 of just command strips holding it all together in my room. Um, I physically injured myself. I ended up slicing off the top part of my index uh, finger skin right below the cuticle uh, because a piece of audio equipment got wedged and I was trying to unwedge it. I'm an idiot. And the sharp instrument that I was using because it had like a long piece slipped out and scraped against the top of my finger. 
um, trying to, to uh, uh, unscrew that same piece uh, took so long that I actually tore the skin between my index finger and my thumb on the palm of my hand. Uh, so it was physically painful as well as emotionally draining. Um, but at this point, I think I've, it's finally at a point where I've, I've done at least a dozen at-home sessions, some of which involved huge amounts of screaming. I believe by now an episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure has aired that was entirely recorded from home. So I made it work. Um, but man, this answer has dragged on for like 10 minutes, hasn't it? <laughs> okay. Long, okay. long story short between interviews and at home sessions and now a five days a week, usually three to four hours each time Twitch stream, the number of times that I've been able to sit down and just be like, I have the rest of the day free is next to nothing. Um, And I've had to, I've had to take real care in trying to like make sure I give myself some self care uh, because as early as last week, there was starting to be a little bit of a mental breakdown where there were two, uh, there were three weeks in a row where I had two specific days planned out where I was like, I, I need these days to myself. These are my off days from streaming. Um, and I need to make sure that I play stuff that I want to play. And then real life requirements jumped in and took up the entire time. That was the last one was as of like two, three weeks ago, my old car finally kicked the bucket. It was just like, the repair bills were happening too frequently. I knew that I was going to want a replacement sometime within this year. And it just got expedited, expedited to you need it right now. You should do it right now during coronavirus when you're not driving around everywhere. This is the best time to have to shop around for a new car. Um, so I had to deal with getting that new car and test driving it and transferring it and filing all the applications. So long story short, there's been very little personal time in the last several weeks possibly several months um and it's been really draining and it's been really hard to navigate that without going insane in the process so it's not even being cooped up at home that's that's causing all the stress i'm fine i'm an introvert screw people i don't want to you we're all like six hundred six thousand feet apart right now and i like it that way um but it's all the stuff that i've had to do during the quarantine to stay on top of activity that is is proving to be the most stressful. Well, hey, Command Strips, if you are listening, Sean here could use a little sponsorship boost, okay? I cannot <laughs> tell you how many times I would just go back to Target for another trip. And most people would be like, a normal person would go up and look at the Command Strips and go, do I need this? Okay, there is that home product. Oh yeah, there's that picture frame I want to hang up. I'll take one. Me coming into Target. <laughs> 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 going up to the front do you have any more <laughs> i need more <laughs> oh can i can i can i can remember at least one point where i pre-ordered 20 elmer's presentation boards ahead of time and i went to target when it said it was time for pickup and they only gave me 12 and they said i'm sorry we weren't able to complete the full stock we'll refund you for the other eight and i went okay but in my brain i went this will not suffice <laughs> oh god <laughs> i'm obsessed <laughs> how could you betray me your website said 20 i expected 20 I will return. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man, that's so funny. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. Um I'm so sorry that you like hurt yourself 
physically and emotionally. You know what? You know what? To, I'm so the sorry. Palm, the palm fully recovered. I don't know if it's going to be calloused, but as far as it looks to me, it looks normal. Um, the the index fingers pretty much recovered. Like I can't see a difference. So could have been a lot worse. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad it wasn't worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So our next question for you kind of like moves into more like Dong and Rampa related okay. stuff. But we were wondering um, what you and Taka have in common and like what your feelings toward his character. We're very loud. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I talked over you. What, what we have in common and what else? And um, like what are your feelings toward him? So um, I definitely recognize now that Kiyotaka as an early career role was one of the self-insert roles. And I don't mean that in terms of, oh, you know, I can just be me talking as Taka. It was, oh, Sean Chiplock would be a good fit for this role because a lot of who he is fits with who Kiyotaka is. And I just didn't realize it at the time. He's, he's, He's very loud. His normal speaking volume is very loud. Um, he has a strong sense of justice and like he, he genuinely feels that people who do bad things should be held accountable for their actions. And that's like the core of who I am when it comes to like social interaction. Um, I, I have been very open on Twitter about the fact that if you, if you wrong people, if you do something that is inexcusable, if you act inappropriately or unprofessionally, do not be surprised if you are held accountable for it. And that goes for me. That goes for all three of you. That goes for anybody. If you don't want to be, if you don't want to face repercussions for bad behavior, don't do dumb bleep. Um, and, and I tell people, if there's something that I've said that has offended you, or if there's something that I've done that you thought was inappropriate, please let me know because I need to be able to recognize when I've overstepped a boundary and learn from that experience versus if I did something wrong and you just stew on it for, for years and hold a grudge and tell other people this terrible thing I did. And it, it looks like I'm just being oblivious and not treating it like with the seriousness that it deserves when the actual answer is I had no idea in the first place. And I've just been obliviously blindly going forward going, everything is fine. I'm on good terms. So anyway, uh, so just that sense of justice being very loud um uh probably this one's a bit of a stretch but like his relationship with mondo kind of reflects the kind of relationships i build where uh, i only focus on a select number of people in terms of of people that i develop much closer friendships with but those friendships are ride or die it is it is i respect this person you know i want to support them um there is there is a person who I originally got to know. Are any of you familiar with the mobile game Dragalia Lost? I've heard of it. Yeah. Okay. It's it's this mobile game that was a collaboration between Why is this water making me belch so much? Oh my god. It's, <laughs> it's because of all the air. It's because of how often I'm talking. But uh there was a promotion going on where they produced plush uh uh animals of the dragons from the game in Japan. And I was desperately seeking someone who was in Japan or who could help import the plush and send them to me. Um and that person who helped me out is now one of my new closest friends of the decade. She's a member of my guild in Dragalia Lost. She's a fellow streamer. Uh uh she goes by Color Brews, and I have avidly supported her career as an artist in the time that we've known each other so it's that that's just how it works out is is there are people that i develop these closer friendships with and once i am your your close friend i i will not let you die 
I will not let you starve. I will not let you, you know, go homeless. I will do what I can to take care of you what, by any means necessary. Sean, um, I took a personality quiz. We all did after we played through the first game. And okay. I actually got Taka as my result. Okay. And I think probably like three-fourths of what you just said in that answer are legitimate words that I have said before. I feel like I found like my identity twin <laughs> this is so exciting i just i'm yes. glad i'm glad that my female half has such incredible oh, hair oh thank <laughs> you thank you <laughs> right back at you <laughs> <laughs> no no i i gotta shower man this this summer humidity is eating a lot look at this what is this swirl right here like let me just at this point i'm gonna just like use hair gel put it up clap my hands together and start a transmutation okay you're like one of the main characters. You have the little hair spike. Yeah, the little, yeah. The little hairs, the cowl. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, last question before our commercial break. <laughs> is, um, oh, what did you? So we, when we emailed you, we asked like, have you played through the games? And you played through the right. first one. Yeah. Um, what, like, what do you like about the games, or like, do you not like about the games? Like, what are your just your thoughts? So, about? so I, because of my. Uh, uh, this is an interesting description. You have to trust me when I say that I can I can experience a game visually even if I'm not just playing it. Because like I used to watch Johnny Awesome and his playthroughs of Shin Megami Tensei, which is a franchise that I otherwise would not touch because I'm not a big fan of the way the mechanics work in those games. It, they're great games. I just it's not my genre. It's not my style. Um, and while I hadn't played Ace Attorney until last weekend as part of my Twitch stream, I had seen playthroughs of Ace Attorney. Um, and I, and I enjoyed kind of the, the trial parts of the games that, uh, were involved there, the, the collection of evidence. So I saw similarities between Ace Attorney and Danganronpa that, that already helped me to find a connection with it. But then of course, Danganronpa goes the much darker path, you know? Um, and it's got, I, I like the way that they integrate the mini games alongside the the trials so it's got a little bit of action it's got a little bit of puzzle solving it's not too far on either side you know it's not all the way nine hours nine persons nine doors but it's not all the way you know wario wear mini games either um so so it, it's nice it just gives you options now that makes me sad that i haven't made the time to play the second or third game because my understanding is danganronpa v3 the main game is like maybe 15% of all the modes that the game offers. There is so much. It is stupid how much they put into those games. And I am mad that I have not properly appreciated them yet, accordingly. Maybe a future Twitch stream. Um, Maybe. Like, could be those Maybe. games. Yeah. Maybe. I know that I'm, I'm pretty slammed up in the meantime because uh, we're right now, Thursdays are Trials of Mana, but I think we're going to be done after this upcoming Thursday because we're at the very final dungeon of very finalness. Um, Friday's Final Fantasy VII Remake. Saturday currently is a live dub playthrough of Ace Attorney. Sunday is usually a personal progress stream. It's whatever I want to play. Uh, which right now is a $3 mobile game port called Dungeon Rushers. Huzzah. Um, <laughs> and then Monday is usually a multiplayer game, whether it's Jackbox games like yesterday, 100% Orange Juice, Smash Brothers, stuff like that. So I think Final Fantasy and Trials of Mana are the closest to being done. But as soon as those are done, we're going to be doing Bug Fables and uh, uh, Paper Mario Origami King. So. Yes. 
Awesome. All right, everybody, we are going to take a quick break. But before we do, we wanted to remind you all that if you have a question or comment that you want to send in, you are welcome to leave us a voicemail on Anchor. Um, we are working on getting those questions answered. And so if you send in a question, you might have a chance to be featured in an upcoming podcast episode of ours. Also, be sure to check us out on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr. We're Ultra Hope Girls podcast pretty much everywhere. And we also have a website now, ultrahopegirls.com. So check that out if you want to see more. And of course, we have a Patreon. If you subscribe to our Patreon, you'll get access to a bunch of cool perks, including bonus episodes of our podcast. Not only that, but we also have a Redbubble page now where you can get Ultra Hope Girls merchandise. So be sure to check that out. And we will be right back with Sean after this break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Caroline here with a pretty exciting announcement. So I, separate from the other Ultra Hope girls, am offering some online virtual classes in things such as writing, because, you know, I'm the ultimate literary girl, and performing, and also some clubs and classes virtually via my own school, which I founded, called The Spilling Ink School. You can check that out at thespillinginkschool.com. I'm offering tutoring and college essays. I'm offering, you know, piano classes and all that jazz. So definitely check it out. It's a good time. And I will also be offering some clubs and classes that are Danganronpa related via OutSchool. So I'll keep the links all in the description. They are for people under 18, so ask your parents before checking it out. But yeah, I'm excited to potentially have some listeners in my classes, and I wanted to let you know that that's going on. So thanks so much in advance for checking it out, and I look forward to teaching some of you. And Madison, now... Madison, every so often, wait, wait, talk a little bit for me so that I can see it in the background again. This will make sense in a second. Wait, you want me to talk more? Perfect. Okay, so that so? sign in the background that says, be changed to see. The, <laughs> the words are too small. I know what the actual quote is. I know it's be the change you want to see in the world. But the camera isn't good enough to show all those words. So every time you talk, I, my eyes are drawn to that sign in the back. that is like, be changed to see. <laughs> we need to make that like a sticker for our red bubble. Oh my God. <laughs> Hashtag be changed to see. <laughs> That'll be your Sean interview sticker. <laughs> Literally. Oh my god. Who is KG's character in Danganronpa 1? Uh, the, the, big, the big buff guy. Uh, oh. Uh, oh, wait. wait. I'm not sure. Who's that? The oh, guy with the crystal ball. Hero. He's Hero. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that would be Hero's life advice. He'd be like, listen, Kiyotaka, be changed to see. <laughs> You're and right. Someone would just interrupt him and like move on. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever the heard. To be like, thank you very much for that uh, uh, enrapturing life advice. 
We are back from our commercial break and we are going to get started with some character questions. So first question for Taka is who actually won the challenge in the sauna? You or Mondo? It was Mondo. It was Mondo because Kiyotaka's voice cracked. He showed weakness. And I'm so mad about that fact because that was during the recording session. Uh, that happened during like the second or third take. And I asked if I could do a retake because I didn't like the voice crack. And they went, nope, voice crack was cute. We're keeping it moving on. So, so they, they wanted me to suffer. They took it because it gave a characterization. But little did they know, because Kiyotaka clearly was not fully holding it together, the victory goes to Mondo, man. That, that dude, that dude kept his voice smooth like butter. <laughs> like, like butter. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and so we were curious, um, in case two, everyone was given a slip of paper containing their embarrassing secret, and Taka seemed very eager to share his, and we were wondering what his said. Okay, this may seem out of the box, but but I want you to hear my argument because I think something that I actually did that I actually did in my childhood would be something that Kiyotaka would do. Does anyone remember Minute Math? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I discovered early on that that often the paper that the Minute Math was on was thin enough that you could actually slightly see because they had you start with it face down, right? Before you flipped it over. Yes. But if you looked really close, and I had no no social awareness, so you can bet that I was like up against my desk going, <laughs> <laughs> you, could, you could see through the paper and notice some of the equations before you flipped the paper over. So I would pre-solve some of those problems before the, the quiz started, and it would help me to finish all 60 within a minute. And I got very, very serious about always finishing minute math in the minute and having all 60 of them done. So there was a time where uh, even though I was able to read like the first three problems, I got hung up on a couple of them. And I got through 58 of them when time hit. And I burst into tears as soon as I realized that I wasn't going to get all 60. As soon as it was, it was instantaneous. I held it together, held it together. They called time. I had to stop on problem 58 and I was bawling. I, I was crying so hard. I had to excuse myself to the bathroom because I just couldn't get myself together enough. Why are we the same person? No, it was two parts. It was being so serious about a math equations worksheet that you you cheated. You cheated. You looked at problems before you were supposed to look at them, and you didn't want anyone else to notice. But also, when you didn't finish the, the 60 minutes or the 60 seconds of math, it was enough to emotionally devastate you. Like... Move over, move over Dobby from Harry Potter. Move over uh, Anohana, the flowers we saw that day. Move over Nina from Fullmetal Alchemist. None of that Please. matters because I was two problems short of my minute math worksheet and I have no reason to live anymore. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So I think, I think that is something that Kiyotaka actually did when he was younger and yeah. it fed into his sense of justice because he's ashamed of that 
and he thinks, he thinks, he thinks, if he takes a hard left into Justice Avenue, that it will make up for what he did in his childhood, but it still guilts him to this day. Fun fact, on a spelling quiz in elementary school, we had to write out 10 words that the teacher would say. And on one of them, I didn't get it. I wasn't sure what it was. And I looked at the person to my left's paper. And then I was like, oh my goodness, like I just cheated. And I didn't even write it down. Like I got the problem wrong. But after that test, I went up to the teacher and I was like, I need you to know that I almost cheated and I burst into tears and I was like, Apparently, I, was like I was like I was almost a cheater today and she was like but you didn't and I was like I know but it was almost there apparently I was super obvious about all the times that I was like stuck in a problem and tried to get the answer from someone next to me during our biology tests because my biology teacher I learned this down the fact from from my stepbrother, but my biology teacher knew every goddamn time that I was doing it. They knew every time, and there was nothing stopping them from reporting me and possibly getting me suspended or even expelled. But my biology teacher was super cool because their response was, you know what, not everyone's going to be a big fan of biology. Um, if, if, if he's choosing to do this, that's his choice. You know, if he gets caught by someone else in a different class, that's his problem. That's their choice. I'm not going to do anything about it because I can't expect everyone to be a big fan. And, you know, he's doing the work, he's doing the worksheets. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to call him out on it on the grades and I'm not going to, I'm not going to give reward him for cheating, but I'm not going to ruin his life over it either. So thank you, biology teacher. I'm very sorry that I was too much of a dumb to actually do the work and study. But uh, also, I apologize if this is supposed to be a a family-friendly podcast. Um, We have a little bleep edit we can put over. (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) Thank you. But, But I appreciate that they were cool enough to just... They didn't let it slide, but they could have... They let it slide more than they could have. And I'm very, very grateful for that. So... Yeah. <laughs> so, that's, that's, I'm taking that as like a personal headcanon now that that is exactly what Taka's um, embarrassing. That's, that's why I remind myself, you know, you can be better now. Be changed to see. <laughs> <laughs> be changed to see, you guys. Just, yes. Bless up. I also <laughs> love that other life quote you have in the back that just goes, mm. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Are you just talking about the M? Yeah, no, no, the mmm. Yes, mm. yes. When life, when life throws you, when life throws you lemons, you look at the lemons, you go mmm. <laughs> or if there's a lot of lemons, you go, <laughs> and then you move on. Yep, I love that. <laughs> um, <laughs> our last question, uh, like our last, like Taka question, is so as. As the ultimate moral compass, we were surprised to see him befriend kind of a rough-and-tumble gang member like Mondo. So why do you think those two characters were able to become such good friends? Opposites attract, man. Like, like when you, if you're someone who's so devout and so focused on, on justice and doing the right thing and walking on hallways, that you remove yourself from a part of life that, that you tell yourself you're not allowed to take part in, then if you're still interested in that, or if you want to know what it's like, then you're going to live vicariously through someone else. So if being friends with Mondo allowed Kiyotaka to vicariously live that lifestyle through having someone else do it, and, and, you know, Kiyotaka can say, you know, I'm here to make sure that you don't stray too far, but you're in control of yourself. So I can't be responsible for you. Um, 
But if he gets to stand there and watch Mondo do these cool things and say, you know, I, I'm friends with him. So it's like I did those things by association. That makes perfect sense to me. Um, I love that. Uh, so I, I know that that seems like a really flat answer. Like, oh, I was hoping it would be more secretive or, or more, more uh, uh, detailed. But, you know, like my wife is a total book addict. And I like to ask her questions about the books that she's reading. Um, and she'll ask me questions about the games that I'm playing. We have different interests, but that gives us a chance to experience uh, different lifestyles that otherwise we'd probably shelter ourselves from. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so our next question for you is we were wondering if, um, based on like how familiar you are with just the first game, if you have a favorite part of the game. I like the executions. I'm sorry. I, 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 to this day, I'm still learning about some of the references that are being made in the executions. Um, and just the, just the animations for each of them are really neat. So I think it's, I think it's cool. Like every time we finally picked someone, it was like, it's time for this person to be murdered. I was like, let's find out what happens. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The executions are cool. Executions are cool. And now we're all on a government watch list. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. That's our favorite part of the episodes to film when we do um, like case analysis episodes. It's like, yeah, there's the most to unpack with that. Like definitely. Um, we were also curious, we talk a lot about like characters and like character development. And we were wondering if you had any like fave characters from the first game that like stuck out to you and still hold in your mind. Byakuya Tagami. Your beauty is beyond compare with golden locks and skin so fair. Oh, I'm I'm always I've always had fun when I get to play the characters that are snooty, snobbish, self-absorbed. You know, I might I might have a couple roles on my own portfolio that hint at that. Um, but but I just I hate his character, but I love the character type, and he was just an instant fave. I was thinking Seto Kaiba the entire time. Yeah, we we're, uh... we three we love Biakria too. Yeah. Even Marin and Caroline actually um, collaborate. I was so bummed I didn't have time to help them with it, but they created a Biakria ballad and like a wrote song. a little song about it, and it was really cool. Nice. <laughs> so he's a favorite of ours as well. Um, so one of our last questions for you is. Um, do you have any advice for people looking to get into the field of voice acting? I give four websites. The first is I want to be a voice uh, which is a blog site by D Bradley Baker, who is pretty much the voice of every creature that you've ever heard in games. Like the man's resume of creature roles is immense. Um, voiceactingmastery.com, which is a podcast and potential online workshops by Crispin Freeman, uh, voice over voice actor, um, which is a warm-up website and book offered by Yuri Lowenthal and Tara Platt. I love you, hon. Take care. Um, Yuri Lowenthal, among other roles, uh, was also Spider-Man in the most recent Spider-Man game. So uh, the one that's been released, because I know they just announced Miles Morales. So the, the most recent playable Spider-Man game. So the man's clearly getting work. Um, huh? Yuri did a good job, for sure. 
Um, and uh, lastly, voiceactingclub.com, since that is uh, the most active amateur slash professional voice acting forum um, that many of the people, including myself, who used to be the amateurs, are now the working professionals helping to moderate the site. And we're helping raise up the next generation of talent. Um, and there's a nice mix of independent works. There's a nice mix of, of indie games, of original animations. So I highly recommend that people go to those first three sites to learn as much as they can. And when they're, re- when they're ready to put it into practice, go to Voice Acting Club. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, there have, been, there have been games published on Switch within the last five years that were cast on Voice Acting Club. Uh, Freedom Planet, I think possibly Snipper Clips was cast through there. I could be wrong, so I apologize, Kimlin, if I'm wrong about that. Uh, but I know for a fact that there are games that have been cast on Voice Acting Club that you can now play on Switch. That's awesome. awesome. Very helpful yeah. resources there. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so our last question before we get to Wed, Bed, Behead is what are some current projects you're working on that you want to promote? Okay, so today is a fun day for me, and that's why I was almost late for this meeting is because there's a lot of stuff I've been sitting on. The, the thing that I will say is my Twitter is the most up-to-date regarding uh, roles that I'm allowed to talk about. So if I'm allowed to talk about it, I've already said about it on my Twitter. If I haven't talked about it, it's because I can't yet. Um, and today, literally this morning, before I jumped into the Zoom meeting, I got to announce two things. One, uh, I don't know if you guys heard about the New Game Plus Expo thing that uh, was being held that was talking about upcoming games from Inti Create, NIS America, a bunch of other companies. Um, I was hired to be the host of that. It's kind of like a Nintendo Direct stream. So there, the, the main stream is already done. They've already moved on to the post game or the post game uh, or post showcase stream. It basically where they show the gameplay after everything else. Um, and uh, but during the main thing, which was kind of like a Nintendo Direct for a bunch of of different companies, I got to be the person talking about the games that were coming out and and highlighting the trailers and stuff like that. Uh, that's which so is cool. real, which is really funny because I'm in at least one of those trailers uh, <laughs> because one of them was for a game called Fallen Legion Two or or Fallen Legion Revenants, um, and I voice a character named Alestir. Uh, uh, I don't know how to he he talks with a French accent, so it's probably Alestir or something like that. Um, but he shows up in the trailer, so it's like, <laughs> so here's me as a host going. All right, let's take another look at this ver- at a sequel coming to a game that did very well. Here's Fallen Legion Revenants. And then here's me in the trailer as the character. And then the, the trailer ends and wow, that was a cool game, you guys. Here's me <laughs> pitching myself. <laughs> oh, so, uh, but I also voiced a character in the Fallen Legion game that was uh, the Fallen Legion sequel that was just announced. So I got to reveal both of those on my Twitter right before hopping into the Zoom call. That's um, awesome. And then lastly, uh, Last of Us 2 came out recently, and I voiced one of the Seraphites, one of the cult members, uh, which people actually already had heard me before the game came out. Uh, did any of you watch the E3 presentation last year where they showed like that forest scene from The Last of Us 2? I think uh, I saw it. Like it's, yeah. it's Ellie creeping up, and she, she comes across a scene where there's the guy that's kind of like strapped to a tree, and yeah. a cult member comes up and like reads his last rites before disemboweling him. I was the guy strapped against the tree. No kidding. <gasps> I was what? the one choking. I was the guy choking to death on his own blood. 
and I couldn't That's say wild. I couldn't say anything about it at the time that it happened. I was like, "Am I am I allowed to announce that I was the guy in the thing?" And they said, "Nope, not till the game comes out." So oh. I had to sit on that for like a whole year. It sucked. It sucked. <laughs> wow. Um, so that's what I've been able to talk about recently. But there is something. All I'm going to tell people is, please tune into my Twitch channel because there is a project that I'm waiting to be able to showcase that is more meaningful to me than Breath of the Wild and ReZero. I don't think it will be wow. as big. I don't think it will be as big to the audience at large as those games uh, or that show were. Um, but to me, it is one of the most circle of life moments that I've had in my entire lifespan. So it's ex- extremely important to me. And I hope people will tune in for when I want to stream that when I'm allowed to talk about it. That's awesome. Yeah, that is so cool. I'm going to, I need to follow you on Twitch now. I, it's the I same as my Twitter. It's Sonic Mega. Okay. okay. So. Awesome. Yeah. Well, to our listeners, we really highly recommend that you check out his Twitter, his Twitch. Keep updated on what's happening in Sean Chick on Sean Chiplock's life. Sean, Sean Chicken Broth. I like that. <laughs> Sean Chicken Broth. <laughs> no, that is that is actually that is actually the first time I've ever heard that version of my last name. I've heard Chip uh, Chipstock. I've heard Chapstick. I've heard Shiplock, like like a boat uh, boat ship lock. Um, but I've never heard chicken broth. Sean right, chicken keep, broth. Keep up with Sean chicken broth. Um, <laughs> now we will move into bed, wed, behead. Um, so Sean to- be changed to see. <laughs> be changed to see. Mm. <laughs> All right. So today for Bedwed Behead, we are going to be going through Mondo, Chihiro, and Celeste. So we've got his buddy, his victim, and the person who kills him. This is this is hard for me because my answers changed based on whether it was me answering them or Kiyotaka answering them. If you can answer as Taka, I would be honored that. to answer as Taka. Yeah. So let me see if I understand, because I'm unfamiliar with this game of the party. This is wed, bed, and behead. Does that mean there is someone I build a bed for, or? <laughs> That's exactly it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would build a bed for Chihiro, without a doubt, because Chihiro is innocent. And w- working around computers all the time, he is most likely very exhausted at the end of the day and i would love for him to be able to get a good night's rest so for chihiro fujisaki i would build a bed or at least send a bed okay for for wedding i would wed of course my greatest friend mondo owada that man that man has hair that points directly towards the object of his affection. And the moment he looked at me and said, what are you looking at, tough guy? I knew it was meant to be. I knew it was meant to be. I would instantly wed Mondo Alwada because you can, with with abs like those, you can cut through the lies and get straight through to the truth. And speaking of lies, Celeste. Celestia Ludenberg. More like Celestia Liarberg. The number of times you have lied is inexcusable. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care if you're a cat. You've gone through all nine lies, so to speak. It is time for you to face justice. So, Celestia, I'm sorry, not sorry, but this is a truth. I have chosen you to be beheaded. 
That was perfect. That was everything I've Ow. ever wanted. I just, um, good lord. I don't think I've laughed that hard. When we when we interviewed Jason Wishnov, which is out, if you want to check it out, okay. when he did Biakia, good lord, if you like Biakia, you will enjoy the last five minutes of that episode. Oh my god. Yeah. Also, I realized when I introduced the characters, I completely messed up. Taka did not kill Chihiro. I was thinking of Mondo. I think I said that he killed Chihiro. But, um, oh. we'll just whip that back um all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right for me um i think that i would bed mondo um because in the anime that guy's like a hunk i was like wow look at him you his know? abs cut through the lies Mary. <laughs> <laughs> yes sorry sorry i misspoke his abs cut through the lies um right. i would probably wed oh this is tough Oh, no, never mind, because behead, I could not behead Chihiro. I would wed Chihiro because Chihiro is cute and he is just a gem, you know, um, and I could not physically behead him. He's been through too you much. You behead Chihiro so that that cute face never ages. Oh, wow. Oh, that's dark. <laughs> that is like haunting of Hill House right there. <laughs> oh, my God, it is. <laughs> and then I would behead Celeste. I, I I love how casual, you know, I would I would decapitate this person if I had to choose. It's just what I have to do. It's my civic duty. It's my civic duty. Oh my god. <laughs> um I I would either I would not bed Chihiro. It'd either be wed or behead. Wed is because Chihiro's four foot ten, same as my wife. Behead would be because of the mention that I or the the reason that I mentioned earlier. Um Mondo would probably be, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. It's difficult. Um, Celestia, if I didn't wed Chihiro, Celestia would probably be the one that I would wed. Yeah, I think I would. So I would behead Mondo because not not my type. (laughs) And then I would probably bed Chihiro wed Celeste because I love a good mysterious woman. <laughs> I'm glad to know that like a female praying mantis anyone on a date that you decide you don't want a second date with you'll just decapitate right then and there. Yeah as one does. <laughs> That's normal right? That's the premise of an episode of Buffy. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's it. Okay. Um, I think I would so this one um, I would definitely I would say wed Chihiro. I think that um, Chihiro and I would get along pretty well. Um, he's one of my favorite characters from the first game. Um, I love him. And yeah. Um, between Celeste and Mondo, it's actually kind of tough. I think I would go with, um, I think I would bed Celeste and behead Mondo. I think, um, yeah, I, I, Mondo's just not really my type. Yeah, I, I like Mondo. I wouldn't want to behead him, but yeah. That, that's my answer. <laughs> you're you're a butter person, and he's more margarine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps things up for today with this interview. We are so so glad to have had you on the show. Yeah. You are such an enjoyable person to interview. Thank you. Thank you for making the time for me. I appreciate it immensely. I I hope you guys were entertained, uh, both with the the interview portion and the game portion. Yeah, absolutely we were. And to our listeners, again, please check out all of his social media and his current projects. Um, and we're so, so glad to have had you. Thank so you. so what you need to do now is after you've interviewed enough of us, 
you need to do a Danganronpa V3 style board game where like you pit all of us against each other and the winner gets something special from like the interview crew. I would love that. Let's do That's it. Smart. <laughs> Let's we do might, it. We may steal that idea. Um, <laughs> we'll get you all into a Zoom chat. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Think- well, thank you so much for coming and chatting of with course, us. Of course. Of course. So yeah, yeah. Now I that's- now I rest for a couple hours. Uh, I have a recording session later today, and then hopefully I'll be able to make some more progress on those personal games. But this was fun. This was Yay, fun. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Don't lie. Walk in the hallways. <laughs> we hope that you enjoyed this episode um, and we want to hear your thoughts, your comments, who you want to hear from next. You can tell us your thoughts on our Facebook. There's a page you can like, a page you can join on our Twitter, on our Amino. We also have a Patreon where if you're able to support us in any way, we would love to have you and you will get access to a bunch of different perks, um, including potentially a Discord server that we can add you into. Um, And we also have merch out. So please check out our Redbubble um, account and um, we can't wait for next week. See ya.